Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Hey, ladies. So for today's episode, we are so excited to have Kendall uh, Krabchuk on our show. She's the vice president of Fund That Flip, one of our valued sponsors, one of our valued partners uh, for the Invest Her community. And uh, we get into all things marketing, right, Andressa? We just go in lots of neat directions. So much fun. Yeah, lots of fun. And, and marketing is kind of fun, right? She talks a lot about, I think what I appreciated most is she talks a lot about how important the creative is and the, with the analytical. So uh, one thing that stood out that I think you ladies will really enjoy is she jumps into this whole concept of creating uh, customer personas for your business, really knowing your customer and creating kind of profiles for your customers. And I won't go into more than that, but it was just amazing and really some great, great takeaways there. Yeah. And it's beyond avatar, ladies. It's really beyond. The persona that Liz is mentioning has a name and other you know, good stuff that I'm not going to share right now with you. But one thing that uh, we also talked about is like how we all get overwhelmed, right? Different things going on. And she was very, very specific what, what you should do to differentiate yourself, your business, your services and products from the other a thousand people doing the same thing out there. And how can you do that in a way that you don't feel overwhelmed and you really can analyze the results of the strategies that you're applying. So this is an episode full, full of like very specific tips that you can apply today in your business. Enjoy. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we are on a very big mission to support women living financially free and balanced lives. So we have Kendall um, Krabschuk on our podcast today. We're really excited about having her. She's from Fun That Flip. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Liz. I'm just thrilled to be here. Yeah. Kendall and Fun That Flip are valued sponsors, partners of ours, uh, and they are a phenomenal uh, lender. And we're, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later, but the topic today, we're going to go through a lot of other things today. So we're, we're excited to have Kendall on and all her marketing expertise we're going to jump into. Um, so before we go there, we always like to get connected to all of you. Uh, our amazing, amazing women listening to the show and, and a few men that also listen. Uh, and we, we love you too, but this show is dedicated to helping women in this business. So, but we love men very much. Um, so Andressa, what is happening and uh, what's, what's coming up for you? So um, we're working on a project that's about like two hours away from Philadelphia. It's a very exciting project and we have a partner um, on this project. I'm not going to disclose all the names. So I'm going to keep all good to go. But this particular partner, he has a very peculiar way to communicate, to say the least. And it gets all my nerves <laughs> <laughs> so basically he likes to talk he likes to go back to tell stories he get out you ask one question and he goes somewhere else oh my perfect person to communicate to you <laughs> right and a uh, 15 minute meeting ends up being you know 
an hour certain meetings i am like three hours into it and i'm like i'm gonna shoot myself in the head if i stay here <laughs> one more minute and then i took a step back and i was like well this has absolutely nothing to do with him and everything to do with me so what what can he teach me he can teach me a lot of patience he can teach me like how can you know I be compat he's 75 years old right so he has a lot of history behind him he has his ways he has his cars he has different things so instead of like gosh I'm gonna explode I kind of like look at him as like um, a gift from the universe for me Mm -hmm. So the universe sent him to teach me how to be more patient and compassionate. I'm still like, gosh, okay, let's focus. Let's go back my way of doing things, but I'm more like conscious about it. And I think that once I kind of like look from that perspective, I got less stress out with yeah. my agenda. So I think that, we can apply this in so many areas in, in, in real estate, but really like take a step back and see those challenges yeah. as gifts and lessons. And they might come in different forms, but they're definitely, you know, exercise. I, I cannot practice patience with somebody if I don't have him. Definitely, he's a good exercise for me. <laughs> so, mm. so I'm looking at this and and really approaching things in a different way. So, mm. and always communicating to him that my goal is not to rush anything. I just would like to accomplish. We are on the same boat, so we want to accomplish certain things and accommodating. So it's not like yeah, eight eighty, but it's just like more in the middle. If that mm. makes sense, I love it. You know, and, and what, how more, how much more peaceful would we be if we actually, instead of getting annoyed and frustrated, we actually looked at how we can, what we can learn and what the gift is, right? I mean, that, that would be a very big con consciousness shift for us as people, not just in business, but in our yeah. lives. Yeah. Not always easy to do, uh, <laughs> but important to do. So we're proud of you. Andrea, no, I need so. to practice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome tip. Awesome point. So without further ado, uh, Kendall, so excited to have you on the show. Uh, again, you, know, you and your team are, are absolutely phenomenal. And it's just been great getting to know you as well uh, and all your marketing tips and tricks and strategies. So Fund That Flip, I'm sure you'll, we'll share with this in the show notes, but Fund That Flip is, is, has been on various, uh, very, very prestigious lists on one of the fastest growing companies, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just phenomenal. So, you know, when it comes to marketing, Kendall knows what she's talking about because she's the head of that and, and has a lot to do with marketing, not only good products and, and obviously doing the work you're doing, but uh, how you position yourselves in the mm. market. So just really excited about getting into this because as real estate investors, you know, buying the property, selling the property, buying the asset, mm -hmm. uh, getting the tenants, it's all marketing. It's all, mm -hmm. all marketing and it's all sales. So we need to be better at this. All of us need to be better at this in our, our businesses and our, in our, for our portfolios. So uh, for you, you know, instead of saying, you know, what pulled you into real estate investing, although you are a real estate investor now, I know you just closed on your first deal. Awesome. Yep. What pulled you into, you know, your expertise of marketing? You could share that a little bit, your path. And then how did you get to fund that flip? That'd be great. 
Yeah, for sure. Thanks for thanks for that great intro, Liz. Um, like I said uh, before, it's just been such a, an honor to be part of the investor community. And this is a mission that we really believe in here at Fund That Flip. And I think it's it's an awesome space to, to hear more female voices in the industry, which, as we all know, is sometimes doesn't happen as often as it should. So I think I think the community and the kind of the, the content that you guys are pushing out is just phenomenal. So really just an honor to be part of this mission. Thank so. you. Um, yeah, in terms of marketing and my background, I kind of, I kind of came to marketing through uh, a, an unusual path. Uh, in a previous life, I was actually an academic, so I was studying Russian literature, Slavic literature, and languages. So, ten years ago, people were like, "What are you going to do with that degree?" So these these days, it might have been a little bit more relevant, but back then, people were like, "What are you going to do with that?" Um, so ended up kind of d discovering that academia was not really my path for the future. So really decided to make the pivot into business. Um, talked with a couple of mentors of mine, said, you know, how do I apply the communication and, and mm -hmm. the, the skills that I've been honing as an academic and as somebody that's doing a lot of communication with different groups of people? How can I apply that in business? And I had a really good, strong mentor that had also worked in business and said, you know, marketing may be the thing that you want to check out. Hmm. Um, and I had I didn't really understand what exactly marketing was at that point. I thought it might have been, you know, kind of the Mad Men advertising idea of you know drinking whiskeys during during lunch and putting out advertisements. So. <laughs> I always imagine them like. Really like playing around, smoking some stuff to yes. be very like creative. <laughs> smoking cigars or something else, something stronger, right? <laughs> no. So, so yeah, that was, that was kind of my understanding of, of marketing and uh, a little bit of a more old school understanding. And so what, when I actually went into business, what I understood was marketing is actually, it's not just advertising. It's not just social media. The core of it is actually really understanding and communicating with your customers, no matter where they are. So a lead, a prospect, um, somebody that you're closing business with after you've closed business with them, this network, that's, that's your core customer. That's, that's who, that's who your business is all about. And marketing is all about understanding their needs, what, what services they need, what products they need at the right time. And marketing is again, positioning your business so that you can provide them the best offering at the right time. Hmm. Makes sense. So coming into marketing with that understanding um, really laid a really good groundwork and kind of framework for, for how I developed my career throughout uh, different marketing positions. So I got to start in a technology firm, ended up moving to a commercial real estate software company and kind of cut, cut my teeth on an investment management commercial real estate product, suite of products. Hmm. Um, so really started to understand that the asset class from the commercial side of things and the investment side of things, uh, kind of understanding this new language that I had to learn. I really, I really saw it as a new language because you're, you're learning about LTV and um, <laughs> DSCR and kind of all the, all these different interesting terms, capital, you know, like that was new for me. Uh, <laughs> So really learning a new language and applying some of the things I learned about communicating with people to an actual business, communicating benefits, communicating value propositions. So software company, I spent some time, really enjoyed learning about the asset class. Um, eventually I found that I, I wanted something that, that where I could have a little bit more autonomy and 
creativity. Um, Cause I think again, this, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but I, I think what's so beautiful about marketing is that it's a great blend of both the creative and the analytical. So as you're running your own business, you really have the opportunity to build your brand and create value propositions and create content, write, uh, write blog posts, write social media posts. So that's kind of the creative side of it. On the analytical side, you get to really see how your strategies are working, right? So are people opening your emails? Are you closing deals based on the marketing campaigns that you're running? That's the analytical side. There's so much data that really can drive your business decisions. Um, and I found that as I grew in marketing, there was a lot of re really great opportunities to blend both of those, uh, both of those elements kind of of the brain, the left and right brain, as it were. Hmm. So when the opportunity at Fund That Flip came up, um, really it was, it was too good to pass up. It, it was a young, small, growing company, a startup. The founder, our founder, Matt Rodak, had a mission that I really believed in and that he articulated really well. And really importantly, he also understood the importance of marketing and approached his business with the customer first. So with that mission and with that vision, really everything aligned and I knew this was a great opportunity. So ended up here and really learning more about the residential asset, asset class. So it's been really exciting. That's so awesome. And I can totally relate to you because uh, my background is in communication, right? So I went to school for journalism. I did mm. my MBA and then master's in business communication. So some, sometimes I get that question like, okay, so you threw all of that, you know, off the window yeah. or I was like, actually not. Sometimes I was like, I look back and when I did journalism, I had like a small TV show where I interview people. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a waste of time interviewing people. Well, guess what? I interview people now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did a documentary then and I was like, why? Like waste of time learning how to edit a video. Well, I guess I'm going to be doing a lot of things related to communicating well so my point here it's not about me it's not about you but mm -hmm. how can everybody understand their skills and sometimes we cannot connect the dots now mm -hmm. but all of it can be applied in real mm -hmm. estate all of it i don't really care and it's all about it comes down to customer service so my question to you is in real estate we have tons of people doing the same thing, mm -hmm. right? Buy, sell, wholesale, develop, rent. Mm -hmm. So what is the first step to differentiate my company for, from the a thousand others that are out there selling, quote unquote, selling the same thing? So it's what should I do first? It's such a great question, Andressa, and it, I think it's something that every small business and every business that we're running, we have to ask ourselves. I think the first thing to think about, and because this is the direction that a lot of us go, is avoid the trap of trying to compete on price, because that's a short-term strategy. I think when we take a, take a look at what a business function is. So servicing your clients, servicing your customers. Again, we think about it's all about customer service. You said it, Andressa. So people aren't buying product. They're buying the services and the benefits that really accompany that product. 
they're buying a relationship with you. So starting to understand who your customer is and what they need. And I talked about this a little bit with Liz. If you can look at your core customers, who, who are the best customers that you have? Who do you want to work with more? Talk to them, interview them, understand and get a really good baseline foundation for how they, how they say that you're helping them. You can start to use that as your differentiation. You can't do better than taking it out of the words of your customers themselves. So if you can identify, you know, the core group of customers that you want to do more, more business with and get more people in your network like them, talk to them and use the sound bites from them to really start to develop what your differentiation is. It's going to be different from business to business. So, you know, there's not like a, a one size fits all approach to this, but if you can take it from, from, you know, from actually from their mouth and, and start to start to use their language, I think that's a great place to start in terms of differentiation. Yeah, just to piggyback on that. So, you know, for, for the women listening on our podcast, we're doing, we've meetups around, physical meetups around the country. We also are doing a monthly virtual meetup. And Kendall spoke uh, yesterday to, to, our, to our community and we got into this a lot. So if we can talk a little bit about the customer, I think what you said was absolutely amazing. So we all know we need to know our customer, right? But you had, we, were, we went a lot deeper um, and, and you were using a term that I'm not even sure if I, I've ever heard of, the, the psycho, psycho something, psycho. Psychographics, yep. Okay, psychographics. <laughs> psychographics. Yeah, I, and I am, a, I am a psycho half the time, but um, psychographic data. And mm. I think that's really, so let's break down what you need to know about your customers because everyone wants to start marketing. Everyone wants to start to get their name out there. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, you need to get active on social media. All the things that quite honestly are not the first thing. You know, when we started mm -hmm. this community, Andres and I got together. I mean, we talked about it. Andres, how long did we talk about who we wanted to serve? That was the bulk of what we talked about. Initially. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we were like, what does she do? What does she think? What does mm. she feel? What are her struggles? All of that. So you know, I, I, I think that was such a great lesson yesterday. So if you can share a little bit about, Kendall, what you shared about those things, all the things that Narjessa just said, but what were the other things you mentioned that all the ladies listening really need to know about their customer? Yeah, absolutely. So marketers love using buzzwords and, and terms. And, yeah, and I love uh, that term. <laughs> so there, there's actually a tool called the customer persona. And if you do, if you just Google search it, you can find a really good, you can find really good tools for developing your, who your core customer persona is. So as you start to research, you'll start with demographics of your core customer persona and you'll start to take, you'll, it will start to take the shape of an actual profile of a person. So things like what's their geographic location? Where do they live? Um, you might give them a name. So, uh, for us, our ideal customer persona, and we can dive into this a little bit more, but ours, we've named our full-time Francine. She's doing full-time investing. She's, she's been in real estate for a while. We've actually given her a name and we actually have a profile picture for her to make her <laughs> seem more real. Yep. So she, she actually lives in the tri-state area. She might be in her late thirties, early forties. She's female. Um, marital status, you know, we, we actually define all of these demographic factors. And then we also get into her psychographics. So 
we talked about demographics, psychographics are just kind of on the, on the uh, emotional and mental side of things. What are her motivations? Um, what are her fears? What are her challenges? So for our full-time Francine, one of her challenges is, you know, she may be completing 10 to 15 projects a year. She really wants to scale her business to getting to 25, 30, 50 projects a year. That's her challenge and that's her goal. So we've actually outlined that on our marketing materials and we have a PowerPoint where we've identified, you know, that's her main goal is scaling her business to 50 plus projects a year. So we, the way that we developed this customer persona was, like I said, taking a look at our core customer base, taking a look at our best customers and seeing and understanding who did we want to attract more of. And then we actually went out and interviewed a couple of them to, to get actual quotes from them. And we've been using them in our internal marketing and sales materials that, so that, you know, again, we can really have the voice of the customer in there. So. I love that because I think so many times we're like, we're told to go get testimonials, right? Mm -hmm. So people go and get testimonials, but are those even testimonials attracting you more customers of what you're looking for? I think that's a really interesting question. I, I don't know if everyone does it that way. You know, what you're saying is actually do the persona, mm. the pictures first, and then everything comes after that. I mean, it seems obvious now, but I don't think most people do that. I don't mm. think most non-marketers do that necessarily. Um, I also, yeah. suggestion. Honestly, you can kind of do the two for one. I, I love, you know, working for a small business as we all do. Uh, we need to be really resourceful. So if you, if you are in the place where it makes sense to get a testimonial from a customer, you can kind of use that time also to interview them to, to inform your customer personas as well. Or it could be as informal as, you know, meeting with somebody over lunch, you know, talking about your next business deal and just asking them a couple of questions there and making sure you record it. So it can be totally informal or it can be as formal as a, as a testimonial process. That's awesome. So on our women's mastermind group that Lisa and I uh, created, and we are running it every single month for the past four or five years, I don't know, something like that. Uh, we're reading right now. We usually read a book um, every couple of months. And the book that we are reading right now is called Superfans. It's for, from Pat Flynn. Mm -hmm. And he talks about lyrics. You've got to understand what is the lyric? What is your customer saying? Literally, what are the words that they are saying? Because if you understand their struggles, how they communicate their fears, their challenges, their struggles, then you can put that, not, you can address that in a way that you will attract the people that you are, you want to, and also resolve uh, their, their problems. So it's exactly what you, what you're talking about. My question now is, we all hear about Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, what else? It's oh, there's right some now. new ones that we talked about yesterday, yeah, right? Yeah, TikTok is, is TikTok. what Generation Listen, Z. <laughs> not, not even, I never even heard of that. I was like, TikTok, I heard, a game? I a game? heard of this TikTok thing. You heard of it? And there is a, people, I saw on a, a Facebook group another day saying, do you use TikTok to communicate uh, about your real estate deals? And people were either so excited about it or like, what the hell you're talking about? And I was like, don't have time to research this right now. Yeah. It's not on my priority. Yeah. So yeah. Like, 
one more like how <laughs> one more to the list i know yeah. yeah so in your opinion let's say francine right francine does not have time to go on every single social media and download every single app and be yep. like so for francine she needs to focus Mm-hmm. So what should be her top three social media that she can really get out there? Because not being out there is also detrimental, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You got to communicate in a way that people are communicating nowadays. And we are in their hands, literally. The, the cell phones, is, is, it's there. Mm-hmm. So what, how can they focus and what, mm-hmm. what should, social media should they be focusing on? It's such a good point. I, and I'll give you an example from, from our business as well, because we spend a lot of time, I really think, trying to put a square peg in a round hole uh, with some of the social media platforms, um, yeah. you know, just trying to be everywhere all at once. And it wasn't a great use of our time. I think if we had taken a step back and, and really thought about, okay, where is full-time Francine hanging out? What are the quote unquote watering holes that she is on, on online? Um, I think that would have saved us a lot of time and blood and sweat and tears. Uh, so for us, what has worked is, again, talking, uh, talking to our customers and understanding, you know, wh- where are they doing business, um, understanding, you know, where are they kind of posting their materials. What, what we have found is that it really depends on the, on the different customers that we're going after. So for full-time Francine, we have found that she's spending a lot of her time on Instagram. So she, she already has an Envire that she has in place and she knows that that Envire is on Instagram. So she's spending a lot of time posting photos of available properties, recently sold properties, really showcasing her entire real estate business, um, which then in turn allows us to do our own marketing on Instagram um, it, because we know that she is doing her business on Instagram. And Hmm. what we've also found is that for full-time Francine, a lot of her, not only her customers, but her stakeholders are on, are on Instagram. So we work with, um, we work with in particular, there's one realtor that's based in Columbus, Ohio, and she does a fantastic job of networking with her clients and with her investors and her stakeholders on, on, again, on Instagram, showing, showcasing her properties, yeah, you know, throughout the entire real estate life cycle. So for us, it, it, it was all about kind of understanding where full-time Francine is, is doing her business. And, you know, we, we found that out by doing some interviews and, and also just doing a little bit of research. So I would say another example from our end was, um, so on the, the, the other side of our business is we allow passive investors to passively invest in the loan offerings that we offer to the active investors. So via the platform, people that are more high worth net worth individuals can come to the platform, invest in loan offerings, make you know, nine to 11% returns. So these, this is the passive, side, passive investor side of our business. And we've found that a lot of them are not necessarily on Instagram or Facebook, but spending a lot of time on LinkedIn. And for us, this strategy was key in, in finding out that group because we're really able to pinpoint high net worth individuals based on the title that they have on their LinkedIn. So doctors, lawyers, it, it, it was really easy for us to target uh, that group of individuals because basically their title showed that they could potentially be a customer with Fund That Flip. That's so funny. 
So this is what happened this week. Um, I got a message. I like my profile on LinkedIn is just there and I update once in a while. I have no idea about what's going on. And, but I started researching a little bit more about it because a friend of ours, Josh McKellen, he called, he texted me and he's like, what is your page on LinkedIn? And I was like, we don't have a page for the investor on LinkedIn. She's like, he's like, yeah, you should do it. I will follow after you do it. So check it out, people. We are on LinkedIn now. <laughs> check our page. Liz is going to put the link on our show notes. Okay. So you can, we start, you can start communicating there as well. Question though, Kendall, for you on, on the follow-up on that. So you identify your customer, got full-time Francine. She is doing business a lot. I love the idea of knowing where your stakeholders are doing business. That's a great, great point. Mm -hmm. I think women listening really need to hear that. Not just your customers, but who your customers doing business with. Mm -hmm. Great, great suggestion. So full-time Francine's on Instagram. She's showing her properties, you know, which I, you know, which makes complete sense. Then you say, okay, my passive investors are on LinkedIn, which is a great, great point. I, we need to get, I need to get more active on our, for looking for our passive investors on LinkedIn. Mm. I think we have like an old profile from like 10 years ago. So now we have these two places, our two make, make believe full-time Francine and passive Paul. Mm-hmm. No, let's call it passive. Uh, <laughs> oh Paula, my Paula. God. Excuse me. Excuse me. Not Paul. Paula. Paula. Yep. yep. Passive Paula, full-time Francine, right? Mm-hmm. I've identified my customers. I know where they're hanging out. Now I have to manage content distribution yeah. between those two channels, right? Obviously, the content has to be different because Passive Paula doesn't want to learn how do I pick up a hammer. She doesn't want to pick up a hammer. Full-time Francine wants to p- pick up the hammer. So how do you guys then roll that out? How do you do it successfully? How do you do it without getting overwhelmed? How do you do it and add some automation into it? Mm-hmm. That's where the rubber meets the road, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great point, Liz. Uh, And we talked about this a little bit yesterday um, when we were on the webinar. Um, So marketing, especially digital marketing, there's a lot of tools that allow you to automate the processes that you're doing. So you can automate your social media posts. You can automate your emails that you send out. But one of the things that we need to be aware of is we want to make sure that we're not, you know, speaking like robots, that we're still being personalized, that we're still making those human connections. Because if we think about, again, what a business is, it's all about maintaining relationships and, and that customer service element. And a huge part of that is the personalization that people feel when they're interacting with you. So I think it's all about testing and measuring and seeing what works. And what's so great about digital and what's so great about marketing is that Um, you can experiment on things like LinkedIn and Instagram. You can kind of test out, okay, if I, if I decide to schedule three social media posts throughout the week, so maybe it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I spend Monday scheduling out those posts, does that tend to get the likes, the engagement, the clicks that I'm expecting? Now, if it's not, I can always readjust that strategy. So maybe I try to do that for a month and if I'm not getting the results, Yeah, exactly. You see what happens. And if that's not working, maybe you experiment and you post more, maybe experiment and you post less. Um, Likewise with the content, I think it's going in with those core customers and the personas and understanding what is the type of material that they want to read. So you can 
look back maybe at, at some of the historical things that you've posted and see what's tending to get the most likes, what's tending to get the most clicks. Take a look at your emails that you're sending out. Okay, what are the ones that are, people are opening the most? What are they not opening? Maybe they, maybe they don't wanna necessarily hear about this specific topic, or maybe they're really interested in this specific yeah. topic. So using that, those data that you already have built in in your email, um, in your email tools and in your social media tools, those should definitely help guide how you build out your future strategy. And the, like I said, the great thing is that you can continue to improve and continue to iterate and pivot um, and be really agile with your marketing. But you're right that it is a big time investment to really, it, it, it can be, let me backtrack a little bit. It can be a big time investment upfront um, to really articulate and define the different content and the different messaging that you wanna send out on LinkedIn versus Instagram. In the long run though, if you start off with that persona and with that strategy, it will save you time in the end. Yeah. yeah. Right. More upfront time versus than the, the back end. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I just wanted to uh, talk about here, it, it, we always talk about talking, you know, we have different ways of doing business. I really don't know if a lot of people spend time really thinking strategically about marketing. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, I'm just going to post this today. And, and I think that um, if we devote more time, my sister, just like a side note, my sister, she has a business in Brazil and she does very well on Instagram. And talking to her, she has a very specific day and time to post pictures on Instagram. And she already tests that and she does in bulk. She has her automations, her whatever she's using. And it does get results. It's just crazy nuts. In like a couple of minutes, she has like a thousand likes or whatever, subscribers. I don't know. It just, because she practiced. And I think that it's just like a recipe, right? We don't need to be posting every day. We can think about it and, and schedule it time to dedicate to marketing, uh, post on bulk, test it out as you're saying adjust what is what are the results that i'm getting and spend quality time i think that when we look at marketing and we get overwhelmed because we think i need to do this every day and post mm -hmm. it every day every time and i think that what we are talking here it's quite different we're talking mm -hmm. about thinking about marketing in a strategic way so you kind of like have your dedicated schedule mm -hmm. if that makes sense a hundred percent. We internally in our team, as we're starting to, to build out more and more marketers on our team, and we have people devoted to the passive investor side of marketing or um, the active investor side of marketing, we actually carve out, you know, two to four hour time blocks where we're laser focused on social media for the week. And that way, like you said, Andressa, we can schedule it out. Um, we can take a look at the results, you know, throughout the week and then reflect on the end of the week, kind of do a retro, um, as we call it, and see what worked. And that way, next week, when we're in that two to four hour time block of if it's social media or if it's email marketing, we can use what we learned last week um, and the results from last week to really inform how we go forward. I, I think it's, uh, I do a lot of yoga. Uh, my husband and I are actually working on our teacher certification together, which has been really fun. So I, I love what you said in the beginning about the challenges 
actually in your life being gifts and practice because the teachers uh, in yoga always remind us when we come to our mat, it's all about the practice. You know, life is practice. It's all about mm. applying what you're learning there over and over again to other situations in life. And same thing with marketing. It's all about practice and learning from it. Mm. I love that. The, I had a thought and then I, I was just was thinking about what you just said and then it popped out of my head, which is, <laughs> which is awesome. Oh, apps. Um, so the, you were talking a little bit like some streamlining apps. Are there certain apps you'd recommend to the women listening to one, you know, once they get clarity on those strategic goals and strategic plan for themselves in terms of hitting their target market? Uh, are there some of those tools and that they could be using? I know you mentioned a couple mm. previously. Absolutely. Uh, so for the social media side of things, if, if you're posting on more than one platform, I highly recommend checking out uh, an app called Hootsuite. Hoot as in like the sound an owl makes, H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E. It really allows you to integrate all of your branded uh, social media platforms from Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, kind of the whole gamut. Um, and you can schedule in bulk and also kind of schedule out even several weeks. And the analytics that are built into Hootsuite are really powerful and again, show you what's working and what isn't. Um, there's some really good dashboards that, that are really easy to use. It's really, honestly, the barrier to entry on Hootsuite is, is fantastically low and easy. Um, and it's free, I, I believe. I think there's a freemium version, but uh, you can at least start off free, which, which I think is always fantastic for small businesses. On the email side of things, I would highly recommend uh, looking at a marketing automation platform. Again, something that's free or really low cost is MailChimp. Um, if you've ever if you've ever listened tuned into NPR, you probably heard their their uh, commercials on there. Um, Mailchimp really evolved out of doing email marketing, and now it's it's a pretty robust platform that allows you to also manage your customers and manage your contacts. And again, I believe there's there should be a free version. Um, if not, it's it should be a low cost to entry. Um, and if not, you know you can look up Mailchimp alternatives. So any kind of email automation or, or customer relationship management system that is low cost will really help you get started and pretty intuitive and easy to use. They make these tools really easy to use. And I love what you're saying about, I finally remembered what I was going to say. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, God bless my husband as I age, but uh, what worked and what didn't? And I think that's really, really helpful as a good, really good takeaway. We just put stuff out there. Mm. You know, a lot of us, and, and, and I do the same sometimes. And I'm like, are we scheduling time ongoingly to, to assess what's working, what's not? Really, really, really good point. I think women listening can take that away because you can be trying things, but you have to evaluate them and constantly adjust. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think in this day and age too, something that I've been doing more of, I love what you're saying is to get on the phone with people. Mm -hmm. I know it takes time mm -hmm. and we don't have time to talk to all of our customers or all the people following us, but to talk to a few of them is so valuable. I was talking with a woman in the investor community recently about becoming a meetup leader I said, well, I have you on the phone. <laughs> Can I ask you a few questions? We have a membership that we're launching. And then she gave me some great insight. It was five, 10 minutes. I didn't take another hour of her time. Mm -hmm. But yet we're all, we're all talking to people. We got to think about that full-time Francine and that passive Paula, not Paul, um, and, and what they need and, and how do we get to them? So 
that that's was awesome. Great, yeah, great thing that I um I listened to another day one of the Gary V's um Instagram videos, and he was thrilled about this um, about Instagram eliminating the likes because he's saying that kills content and creativity, mm. the likes, because people are going to just post a picture, I don't know, shirtless or I don't know, just because of the likes. Mm. And they're only going to do things that they're getting the likes or, or something like that. They're not going to try different things. So if yeah. we don't have the likes, you are kind of forced to be creative and really deliver content, not just something that is not going to add anything mm-hmm. to people's lives, lives. So I really thought that was a good point. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point, Andressa. I think it's really easy to get caught up in, oh, I didn't get that many likes on this or, you know, there's so many, um, there's so many kind of distractions on social media that you could, that really can kind of take you away from your core mission. So really think about quality over quantity um, because you know wh- what ultimately what's really important is not if you get 10,000 likes on a post it's if ultimately you can close business with one or two or 10 or more customers so think about kind of the metrics that are important and you can ignore some of the we call them vanity metrics in social yeah. media that are pretty distracting Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, A post another day said that we have so many real estate investors posting, oh, close on this apartment complex. No, you didn't close. You have under contract. You didn't close it yet. (laughs) Right. So it's just like all of the, what is really real? What is really behind it? Are you closing the deals? Are you, you know, doing what you said, or you are just posting the checks and you know, just you don't just post your checks on Jessa. You don't post them that you just went came Gosh. from the bank. That's I gag a little bit when oh, I know I gag totally. Too. We all gag totally. We know we who does gag. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kendall, thank you so much. You know, um, if you can share a little bit about how the women listening can connect with you, and also, uh, you know, who you who you folks are working with because you're not just funding flips. You're funding short term yeah. rentals. You're funding, um, you know, uh, new construction, rentals. Yep. I mean, you could speak better than, than I can, but, but if you can share that, because we all need more funding uh, solutions for our growing real estate businesses. Yeah, so it's been really exciting. We've outgrown our name, as, as you can tell. We are doing, we are doing rentals short-term, and also we're really excited to be launching a, a long-term 30-year rental product end of this year and into early next year. So that's, that's been just really thrilling, and that'll be in market um, early next year and kind of already available in, in our beta version. So um, like you said, we do the new construction. We do cash-out refinance. Um, so yeah, kind of across the board, uh, anything that is residential investment, we take a look at. Um, we ultimately, our core philosophy at Fund That Flip is understanding and going back to marketing, really, really getting to know our core customers and building a long-term relationship with them. So we we pride ourselves in being a customized lender in terms of providing really a, a long-term business partnership and being an, an extension of your real estate business, not just a lender, but somebody that gets it a, you know, across the full real estate life cycle. So 
uh, how you can get a hold of us. So you can obviously do fundthatflip.com um, for real estate investors. We actually have a, a special promotion going on now. So if you go to info.fundthatflip.com slash investor, you can learn more about our offering, special offering for real estate investors. I think we're doing $500 off your next closing with us and um, obviously opportunity for, for more um, for more business with us. So um, check it out. And you can always email me. At, it's just my first name, Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L at fundthatflip.com. Awesome. And all this information you guys can find on our show notes, including the links for the investor code. So Kendall, now we're going to tra transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say uh, I have two, I have two, and I'm looking at them right now because they're in my they're in my bookshelf. Um, so this one, yeah, I'll I'll just grab it. So Simon Sinek, I think for a lot of people, start with why this is this has just been so transformational. Um, the subtitle is how great leaders inspire everyone to take action. And again, it's it's all about kind of coming back to finding what your core mission is, what your why is. Um, mm. So I read this early on in kind of in my in my business career, and then I reread it as I came to fund that flip. And it's there's so there's so many good snackable pieces of content, and just overall the philosophy is fantastic. So I would highly recommend anyone that has not read that book to 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 grab it and, and check it out. Awesome. The second question is: What's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Another yoga. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say yoga. I, it's I, again. I think it's coming back to um, on a on a daily basis. My husband and I sit down at, when we're eating dinner together, and we say, "Okay, what's our plan for the next week?" Um, so you know, we kind of outline our three core what are our three core things that we want to accomplish um, and how we're going to get there. And for us, you know, it's everything from finances to um, you know personal life to business life to uh, you know, what we want to accomplish in our family. And w as we have that grounding foundation with each other, that enables us to really go out into the world and then financially actualize that as well. That's awesome. Sometimes living a financially free and balanced life has nothing to do with only your financials. Only. It has all it's to holistic. do Right? Yes. Yeah, Otherwise, totally. yeah. And the last question is, which women, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, so non-famous, on the non-famous side, I would say my mother and my, my Russian professor, who was one of my initial mentors, um, they, they were both women that started off in careers where they were one of the only women in their department. So my mom actually started off and was, was doing mathematics in the late 60s and, and pursuing her graduate degree in that. So that was really inspiring mm -hmm. to me to see how she paved the way when really no women were, a lot of women weren't, didn't have the opportunity to even get a higher education, let alone be in the mathematics department. So really inspiring for me. And although I ultimately went into linguistics and the humanities, um, I would also say on the famous side, there was a, there was a, basically the first computer programmer from, I believe the 1800s was named mm. Ada, Ada Lovelace. She was mm. a relative of uh, Byron the poet. And she actually, I believe it basically kind of created the field of computer programming. So 
shout out to Ada for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and wow. uh, again, kind of blending the creative and the analytical that I, I think it's so inspiring that, you know, women really paved the way and, and were not known about in, in male, typically male dominated fields. So again, we can apply that to real estate since typically it's been male dominated. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, I got to look up Ada. <laughs> you know, you great. Learn, yeah. yeah. You learn all these, these different women that, right. That, that have paved the way. I love that. Uh, well, Kendall, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for all the great insight you shared and thank you for, for you and for fun that flip being, you know, a partner of ours and a sponsor of ours and keep up the amazing work. Likewise. Thanks, Andressa. Thanks, Liz. This is just absolutely so fun to be here. Thank you. It was a pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.